0: Maytag had had to fly to Reno and explain in person why Anchor couldn't accept the order. The general manager was not happy. Then again, neither was Maytag. To be sure, there had been alternatives. For one thing, Maytag could have hired an out-of-town brewery to do additional brewing for him. That's how many other microbrewers later got started, but he never even considered the possibility. It would have meant sacrificing something so fundamental as to have violated his entire purpose for getting into the business to begin with. Namely, the authenticity of the products. Instead, he had sweated it out, torn between the urgent pleas of his customers and his own insistence on selling only the highest quality beer he could make. Maytag never forgot the experience, and after Anchor Brewing finally moved into its new building in 1979, he had vowed not to let it happen again. There would be no more rationing while he was around. For the next twelve years or so, he hadn't had any trouble living up to that commitment. Meanwhile, the demand for Anchor Brewing's various beers and ales continued to grow, spurred on by the great American food renaissance of the 1980s. By the end of the decade, it began to dawn on Maytag that, like it or not, another capacity crisis might lie ahead. As a precaution, he bought land across the street thinking he might put up a building there for storage and packaging, creating more room in the brewery for beer-making. Then in 1992, he started looking into the possibility of doing an initial public offering to raise the capital he would need to finance such an expansion. His idea was to do a so-called direct public offering, wherein a company sells its stock directly to the public rather than going through an underwriter. A local man named Drew Field had done a few such deals and written a book on the subject. Field was highly critical of the atmosphere around IPOs, the money wasted on dog-and-pony shows, the practice of flipping stocks, the inside deals, not to mention the end result, which was a company winding up with a bunch of strangers as shareholders. He thought business owners could save themselves time, money, and grief by going the direct offering route. And Maytag liked the concept. It looked like his salvation. He figured the brewery could handle another 10-15% to 15% in sales before it ran out of capacity. As long as he expanded by then, he could avoid the problems he'd experienced in the 1970s. Besides, the company would eventually have to move up to the next level anyway. It was the natural order of things. Every business has to grow or die, right? So he thought he might as well expand sooner rather than later. To finance the expansion... He would need outside capital. The direct public offering sounded to him like the best way to get it. Still, something about the plan bothered him, and as he talked to his employees, he began to have second thoughts. Maytag and his three top people spent hours trying to figure out the implications of going public. What would the new investors expect? How would their demands change the business? Why are we in business anyway? What do we enjoy doing, and what are our goals in life? They considered the various possible outcomes and realized they all had reservations. They weren't sure they wanted the company to get much bigger. They loved it as it was. They had no particular desire to take it to the moon, as Maytag put it. If it got too big, moreover, they might have to give up the parts of it they valued the most. I realized we were doing the IPO out of desperation, because we thought we had to grow, Maytag recalled. It occurred to me that you could have a small, prestigious, profitable business, and it would be all right. Like a restaurant. Just because it's the best around doesn't mean you have to franchise or even expand. You can stay as you are and have a business that's profitable and rewarding and a source of great pride. So we made a decision not to grow. I was still very nervous about the prospect of having to ration again, but I decided we'd just face it if we had to. This was not going to be a giant company. Not on my watch. He never regretted the decision. Of course, it helped that the capacity crisis didn't materialize. By the early 1990s, the revolution Anchor Brewing had ignited was sweeping the country, and scores of other microbreweries were springing up to meet the demand. Although Maytag sometimes chafed at competitors' tactics, overall he viewed the increased competition with relief. Rather than resist them, he helped fledgling rivals develop their own brewing.